Hi, I'm Casey Mraz, and you're listening to the Lawyer Mastermind Podcast, where we help attorneys grow their law firms by interviewing experts who can fast track their success. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lawyer Mastermind Podcast. Today I'm joined by attorney marketing expert, Guy Salakalakis, and today we're going to be talking about marketing automation that works. Thanks for joining me today, Guy. Casey, thanks for having me. Always great to chat with you. Absolutely. I feel the same way. And, you know, today's topic is pretty interesting. Automation, uh, because I know firms that don't really even understand what that means when it comes to what they can use it for. So maybe you could start off by giving us a little bit of background of what marketing automation is and what you mean by this topic. Yeah, I kind of think about it very broadly. It's anything that we can do to automate a process in our marketing. So some of that might be a software solution. Some of it though is like more behavioral. Uh, I think we can get in more of the nuance there, but you know, needless to say, time is limited. And so the more that we can uh, implement software and systems to automate things and still great, give a great experience to our audience. And why not? No, that's a good point. And, you know, I think you bring up a really excellent, excellent point around that as well. You know, I mean, we know time is money. We know paying our staff costs money and humans forget things or they, you know, they don't follow through. So right there, it seems like there's a big process improvement you can get just by implementing some sort of automation. Have you seen that? Yeah, and I, and I always, the other thing that I always talk about, you know, I know you and I both work with, talk to a lot of lawyers and work with lawyers. Um, and, you know, time is particularly valuable, especially for those that, that bill time. Um, but I also like to keep it simple, right? So you know, I think people get overwhelmed by thinking about things like uh, HubSpot or Keep and, and all this software stuff. And like, uh, you know, just to give people who are listening a sense of this, this can be as easy as like an email autoresponder or uh, an email nurture campaign that just fires off automated emails at some regular frequency. So I don't want people to think like, oh my gosh, I got to do this entire automations map to make this stuff work. I'm glad you clarified that. Because even for me, who I've been in technology for, you know, 20, 20 something years now, and I've used Infusionsoft by Keep or, you know, whatever they're calling it now. And, you know, it kind of scares me. So um, I like where your head's at with that, um, where you don't have to go complicated. So what are some easy to implement things that you think any law firm could implement now? Yeah. So the one that I, it comes up all the time, and I think for, for whatever, for a variety of reasons, it really resonates with a lot of people, but it's the automated date-based email. So You've got, you know, lawyers have these uh, lists of contacts. They include former clients. They include professional uh, colleagues and referral sources, friends and family. And, um, you know, especially in the, in the, with respect to the former clients, you know, they, they don't touch these contacts. There's, they're, they're people, hopefully, if, you, if you've got the client service part down and you, you provide great representation, they're people that think of you as, um, you know, a professional and you never email them. And so... And the other issue is, is that a lot of lawyers are like, well, yeah, I've got this contact list, but it's not segmented. It's not clean. Uh, you know, I don't have, I can't break it down by different, like, um, you know, for lack of repeating myself segments. And so I say, well, let's just load everybody onto a friends of the firm list 
and fire off a happy 4th of July, happy new year, happy Labor Day um, email. And again, we're not talking like these boring law firm newsletters. In fact, it can be as easy as just like a waving hand emoji, happy 4th of July type of thing. Um, and it's automated. And, and we see the open rates and response rates on those are higher usually than most of the other kind of email campaigns that we help lawyers with. So it doesn't have to be brain damage to figure it out. And it sounds like there's a big benefit to doing that. Are you seeing those turn into cases or is that just creating top of mind awareness? What is the benefit of that? Yeah, no, I, it, I, you know, it's funny too, I, uh, having done this for so long and you see it happen time and again, but a lot of those emails, the response is something like, oh, thanks for reaching out. I've been meaning to call you. I have a referral for you. Or, a, wow. you know, if it's personal injury, a friend was recently in an accident and I, and I totally forgot I should send them your contact information. And so it's so cases, top of mind awareness. Um, you can use it to position your expertise because another one that always comes up is, is that uh, these automated ones, you can send you can set it up. So, um, you know, you, you record yourself talking about some phase of the representation. And so when someone actually fills out a form on your site, they get an automated email that's, uh, that introduces you, talks about the major phases of the representation. And so, yeah, it's anywhere from educating a current client to staying in touch with a former client to nurturing referrals. It's like, it's just a way to do a lot of heavy lifting with staying in touch with contacts that can turn into new business. Got it. And I know, you know, a lot of law firms don't take advantage of that. So it's clear that maybe they're leaving money on the table just by not even doing something that simple. Right. It's one of the first things I always try to bring up um, is, you know, what are you doing to nurture your existing network? Right. I mean, I, most uh, professionals and you see this, you see these people talking about this more and more, but the network is the power like your professional network. That's what has value for you, especially if you've been practicing and you've developed this network over a long period of time. And yet it's just lying dormant. And so the you know very small investments of time and money to tap into that network can pay out huge returns and it doesn't take much. It, it literally takes a weekend of like, you know, pick your CRM or your marketing automation tool, load your contacts up and set some date-based emails. Yeah, no, that's a good point. What do you say to the people that are afraid of automation? Thinks they're gonna like turn people off. Have you ever gotten that pushback and what are your thoughts? Totally, and, and we should be. I think we should, it's, it's a fair critique of automation. Um, you know, we always talk about making sure that your automations are authentic and seamless, right? So if, if people, um, number one, you should never try to mislead someone. So, you know, it's funny, a lot of people will try to make a, um, you know, make a parody out of it and say, hey, this is an automated email, you're, you're getting this because you signed up for such and such. And I think transparency and authenticity are important there. Um, but I think the other thing too, is, is a lot of people come to the table with a uh, preconceived notion about some automation because of something they read or someone implemented something. And so, or they've been on the wrong end of a bad automation, right? So like, I even think about, forget about the internet, but you know, what I can't stand is when I call my bank and they're like, press one for this and press two for that. Like that's a form of automation that we all hate. No, definitely. And you know, for me, I'm, I'm always thinking about what's the customer experience. And I think if you approach it from that maybe natural background that can help guide you to make the right decisions there. But right. Um, so when we're also talking about automation, we mainly have been focusing on email. What about other forms of automation is like text too invasive or anything like that? 
So, te- you know, it's funny, Texas, I think, going to be the next, I mean, I think it's kind of already arriving here, but um, I think it's going to continue to proliferate. And, and um, I've, you know, a lot of people you hear, I think Gary Vee said this at CleoCon, but, um, you know, we screen phone calls from people we love. Um, so what makes we think that we're going to have phone calls in professional context? And so for people, you know, it goes back to what you said, give them a great experience. You know, my thing is, is let them have options of how they want to communicate with you. And if they, if they want to text, be available to do text. And there's a lot of technology around um, automating text and also like using um, specific uh, tools that like, so you don't have to give everybody your cell phone number to do text. Like that's a place where, you know, I, I know we use uh, Smith AI for our virtual receptionists and they have a text uh, to chat feature. I know a lot of the live chat companies have text to chat, but I think it goes back to what you said give them the option, listen to how they prefer to communicate and then make that available for them. Definitely. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's, that's really something to consider because we know being in the industry that if law firms aren't responding to leads quickly, then they can lose them or maybe they're contacting other law firms. So if you can figure out and give them that option, which one that they should communicate through and then respond promptly, I mean, that sounds like there's a lot of value there. Oh, yeah. I mean, and we talk about this a lot, but the, um, the Clio Legal Trends Report, um, they spent a lot of time talking about the, the crisis of uh, lawyer response. And, um, you know, even as something as simple as an email autoresponder after someone fills out a form or downloads something from your site, um, that really can help to stop their search, um, you know, from, from, you know, trying to vet five different lawyers. And so that's what we always talk about is how do you stop their search and uh, keep them engaged in the process. And like you said, at the end of the day, it's all about their experience. So uh, the, the great thing too is with a lot of these tools, the, the tool will tell the tool will report to you how what kind of experience they're having because either they don't open the email or they're not engaged with the email, they're not clicking on the links, they're reporting you as spam, they're unsubscribing. That's all the feedback that you can use to say, hey, these automations aren't working because they don't people don't like them. Yeah. No, that's a good point. And that reminded me of something that I was talking to you about with our salesperson. Um, so this is just anecdotally, I have an opinion on this, but if somebody contacts you, um, is it too aggressive to immediately call them or email them or whatever? What's your opinion on that? No, I think, you know, it's, it's, it depends on the uh, context of their inquiry, but um, generally, you know, as a, if I had to like paint a very generalized brush, Respond quickly. You know, it's, it's, it's really about the expectation you set from your intake process. So, um, you know, if your uh, process, if the, if the call to action is like schedule a free consultation and they fill out a form and you automatically fire an email off saying, here's the link to schedule the consultation, I think that's appropriate. Um, but, but again, it comes back to like, does it match? Like, does the, does what your expectation you're setting on the front end match the back end? You know, if you're like, um, download this guide and then you call them and they're like, Hey, would you like a free consultation? Like that's not going to feel right. But I, I think that the, you're better off, um, engaging quickly, reducing the amount of time, how you do it, whether it's a phone call or an email, you know, I think it depends on the, the call to action, but you know, you've got someone's attention. Attention's hard to keep anyway. Why would you wait when someone's like, you know, hot to trot on talking to you? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're going to be like, oh yeah, I'm like, it's, you know, it's, you think about it in the context of like dating or it's like, 
you're really doing yourself any favors by like waiting a few days to like respond to the text message. Like we're trying to build some, uh, you know, excitement around it. It's like, I don't think that applies so much in the business context. Yeah, no. And that's my opinion too. Cause the, it came up in a conversation because we were talking about inbound marketing versus outbound. And my theory is, you know, if they're contacting you, they're looking for you and they're filling out that form, they want that answer. So, um, so yeah, I do believe speed is of, of the essence as well. And, as far as kind of touching back on the types of uh, automation that a law firm can do, how do you see kind of like a perfect setup? I know we have like chatbots and things too, which we haven't covered on yet, but just in your mind, what are, what's kind of the all in as far as automation goes? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, and, you know, at the risk of st- the, the dreaded, it depends answer. Um, <laughs> I think anything that is, uh, you know, maximizing, the client, the potential client and client experience, and um, it is really nurturing those relationships, and you're and you're getting the feedback from the automation that it's working right. So, and that feedback is going to be uh, increasing open rates, increasing click through rates, increasing conversion rates. As those numbers are trending up, you're headed in the right direction. Um, as those numbers are trending down, there's something wrong and maybe it's a frequency problem. Maybe it's a messaging problem, but, um, you know, as we've talked about, and, uh, there's so many different things that you can automate, right. Um, you know, I I always think about it too, in terms of like media management, but, um, you know, there's all sorts of scripts you can use to automate how your campaigns are managed and how, uh, you, uh, bid if you're on Google ads or how you, uh, get somebody that, you know, one of the things I love too, and this is this I think is an interesting one from the um, speed and creepiness factor. But a lot of the tools will have scripts that you can use on your site, so that when someone visits your site, it can trigger an automation. And so that's an area where it's like, you know what? Maybe you do set a delay in there, so that you're not like, hey, I noticed that you're uh, on my site again. But um, you know that kind of stuff. I mean, there's to answer. It's kind of a rambling way to answer your question. There is so much that you can automate. But at the end of the day, it really comes down to like listening to what your audience is telling you about how they're perceiving the automations. Yeah, no. And that's a good point. I think, you know, and that's the thing is a lot of people are attorneys are like, hey, this is what we need to do for our clients because this is what I think. But maybe they're not putting themselves in their client's shoes and thinking, what do they actually need? So I I could see, you know, taking that and, and doing it the wrong way easily. But, you know, Talking about doing it the right way, some of the things that we've had some success with is really giving away, like, not self-serving information, but let's say that they do sign up on a form and they get that initial email, and then maybe they're not responding, but we provide them with something of value that's going to help them in that particular case. So for, you know, at least for us, it also depends on creating more assets that are going to be beneficial from that particular type of automation. A hundred percent. I mean, I think you really nailed it there with, you've got to be adding, giving something valuable away. And, you know, I think that's another point just overall that lawyers um, kind of, they either lose sight of it or their marketing people don't focus on it enough. But at the end of the day, most people still hire lawyers based on um, people that they know, like, and trust, right? So like lawyers know that they know that it's, there's got to be some trust built in, they know that there's got to be some um, nurturing of those relationships. And the great thing is, is that automation can help you do all that stuff um, if you're implementing it in a way that, that fosters that, that provides value, that 
um, gives you a, gives them a sense of like who you are, what it's like to work with you. And it's destroyed if you're doing the opposite, right? So like, I think too many lawyers think like, oh, automation means fire off eight emails that say schedule a free consultation. Well, yeah, nobody wants to get that, right? If you, if you send an email that's like schedule a free consultation and you're responding to, you know, I wanted to download some information about what to do if I'm considering divorce, you know, it just doesn't match. And so that, I think that's the key thing there is to remember, always add something valuable back. It's going to help build more trust and, um, and educate. And, and that's the stuff people want to get anyway. No, you're absolutely right. And let's talk a little bit, of, just spend a little bit of time here on chatbots, because we didn't really get a chance to touch on that yet. But a lot of attorneys might be paying Engage or Apex or whoever, a per chat basis um, for a live human to answer that. What are chatbots and how do they compare to a live operator? Yeah, and, and I think there are some, again, I, not to keep plugging Smith, but um, we use Smith for their uh, chat service as well. And I, the ones that, have, that I've found work the best are the hybrids, right? So they, there's some things that can be automated. So, you know, you can, if someone comes to your site and they, they uh, chat bot pops up and, they, and someone initiates a chat and they're like, uh, you know, I'm just looking for X, Y, or Z, and maybe the chat bot can respond with a link to a, a specific piece of content or something like that, great. But I think it's really important that as, that, uh, as, the, ch as the conversation through the chat evolves, um, if the chat bot isn't seamless, if it isn't authentic, it's better to have a human uh, receptionist to be able to step in where appropriate. And, and I don't think that that line is like clear across the board and the chat bots are getting better. And you know, the chat bots that have artificial intelligence built in, they can learn and, and you can set these uh, playbooks up and so that they can get better and better responses. But I'm still of the mindset that, um, People like engaging with people and, and it, we hear, it's the same thing on the phone, right? It goes back to that thing I was saying about the bank. Like, you know, essentially if someone's like press one to talk, to do this and press two to do that, if your chatbot feels like that, people are going to fall off the chatbot. They're not going to want to engage it. If the chatbot feels more like a person or is, is um, actually helping you find answers, then people love it. Got it. No, that's great advice. And really cool. It seems like it boils back down to that customer experience. You know, you need to give them what they're looking for. Um, to be successful. Totally. So now we talked about chatbots. We've talked about kind of intake. You were touching a little bit about paid as far as automations go. Are there any other areas um, where you think that automation can really help a law firm grow? You know, I think in all of like the scheduling ones that is one that always comes up that we haven't, we talked about it a little bit, but you know, if you're not using something like Acuity or Calendly, um, and again, I think it's still the experience is important in giving people the option. You know, if you just fire off a Calendly link and someone's never used Calendly or you're not giving them directions or you're not proposing some appointment times, that can be just as bad as like going back and forth on email. But, um, you know, that seems to me to be a place that's like constantly, there's just such inefficiency in the, when are you available? Well, when are you available? Well, here's some availabilities. Well, here's my availability versus, hey, Calendly, you populate, um, here are some available times. You can use this link. If you can't find something there, you can do this. That seems to be like a natural thing. And you couple that with like, so for us, um, if you go to our website and schedule a, you're like, I want to schedule a consultation. 
you're going to get an email. You can set up the scheduling right there. You can see whoever's calendar it is that you're trying to get a hold of. And then we, because we use Calendly, it interfaces right with Zoom. And so all the meeting information and the calendar invites and all that, so the call-in details, it's all provided there, and I don't have to touch it. Got it. Wow. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, that's crazy. And, you know, the calendar thing, I'm bad at that, as you know, scheduling this. But, um, you know, it, giving people that opportunity to be able to schedule one works for them. I mean, that does remove a lot of friction. Um, yeah. And we, and like I said, we always do this, like the email will say, you know, here's the scheduling link. Um, if you're not able to find an available time, feel free to respond to this email. So we still give people the option so that people that don't want to use the scheduling link. But again, it comes back to that point that you made, which is just make their experience better and, and listen to what they're saying. Like they're telling you, right? So like, that's another thing that's so frustrating is if you get a Calendly link from somebody else and then you respond to the email and like, hey, I couldn't find an available time. And they're just like, use the link. It's like, well, now, now, now Calendly is actually a liability, not an asset. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's a good point. So yeah, I mean, perfect automation. Is that something, there's probably no such thing, but I guess regardless what you implement, I'm assuming you recommend some level of testing and you know, seeing if it works and making tweaks and changes. That's the thing. I think just like, you know, us being, um, you know, internet marketing and SEO people, um, the data is all there and the data tells and the automation stuff, the data will tell you, right. If you're not, if you're not getting opens, if you're not getting responses, if you're, if you're not converting, you know, whatever your metric you're trying to convert, whether it's an appointment or actually to a client or just a download, like, just try to beat your, your, you know, get your benchmark in place and then try to beat it and, and test it and see like, if you, if you make this tweak, did that improve conversion or did it hurt conversion? Um, just like we would do with any kind of uh, testing for ad copy or landing pages or whatever it is. Got it. So there's no just one hard and fast, this rule fits everything. The hard and fast rule is, is optimize. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Well, Guy, thank you so much for joining us today to uh, talk about marketing automation. I know this is an area that's, that's, that you're passionate about. And, uh, you know, for those of you that don't know, because I probably forgot to say at the beginning, Guy is the founder of Attorney Sync, a uh, law firm digital marketing company. Guy, what's the best way people would be able to get a hold of you if they have questions or? They can uh, email me at Guy, G-Y-I, at attorneysync.com. I waste a lot of time on Twitter, so they can go to at G-Y-I, T-S-A-K-L-A-K-I-S, at Twitter. Um, or just search for Attorney Sync, and hopefully my automations work and you will uh, add it to my calendar. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for joining us today. I uh, look forward to uh, catching up in the future. Casey, thanks so much for having me. Always great to chat with you. And uh, thanks all for tuning in and listening.